Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I say thank you for another day. Thank you for your message this morning. Father, I bless you because you are good and your mercies endures forever. You are good and your love endures forever. Scripture says that you keep them for a thousand generations and for those who love and cherish you. I declare this morning that I am one of them and I know that many listening in this morning love you with all their hearts. We declare this morning, Father, that we love you. We declare this morning that you are our God. We declare this morning that from the depth of our hearts we want to know you more and more. Thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for the blessings and the goodness and the love and the messes that you have poured into today for each one of us. Thank you for the, for the blessings that we will encounter. We give you all the praise. Lord, as we learn today again at your feet, and as we read the word, we ask, Lord, speak to us. Let your word once again help us change, cause our hearts to burn. But let your name alone be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone listening in this morning. I am Murphy Aye Nike, welcoming you to our time of devotion. We dive straight back into our reading of the book of First Samuel. I, I don't know about you, but I have been enjoying. Uh, this read, Saul, has been quite an interesting character. But sadly, his story is gradually coming to an end. So yesterday, we took two chapters, chapters 13 and 14. And I did say that the story seemed to uh, just run from beginning to the end. In, eventually, we will see what will bring Saul down. That is a tendency, you know, to to pick shiny things. Yes, shiny objects, greed. I remember that verse that says, whenever he sees a strong or a good, a powerful, a skillful uh, boy or man in any of the tribe of Israel, he will recruit the person into his army. And so with his own hands, he will ask for David, <laughs> all right? That's where the story will, will then go to. But remember that Samuel had already warned Saul where he, when he offered that sacrifice, okay? Uh, there in the Old Testament, okay? In the New Testament, is different, okay? The Bible calls us, okay, uh, a nation or a people of kings and priests unto our God. So we are both kings and priests in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, there is a clear separation between the king and the priest. Okay? Uh, the priests don't, apart from David, I think David was the only one you could say was like um, 
a prophecy of what the New Testament believer was going to become, you know, but in the Old Testament, there was a clear separation. The kings don't offer sacrifices, uh, okay, and the priests don't even strive to become to become kings, okay? So, um, in doing what he did, um, Samuel told him that you are very foolish, okay? And of course, Samuel also told him what the problem was. You can't just find it in your heart to trust God, okay and we saw it again and again he would just refuse to even consult or try and listen to god one point the priest had to tell him let's ask god first okay so we will see the story continue in first samuel chapters 15 and 16. 15 uh, tells the story of how paul in Saul takes on the amalekites you know and then uh, 16 we see david anointed as king of israel remember i said david waited some um 13 years after his anointing to become king okay so that would mean if uh saul was king for some 40 something years this was about 27 years into okay his kingship all right so let's go for samuel chapter 15 let's read from verse 1 he says one day samuel said to saul it was the lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people israel now listen to this message from the lord this is what the lord of heaven's armies has declared I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. So God says, wipe out everything now i'm wondering why this was even needed remember the one of the last account we read about saul in chapter 14 that was he fought he was looking for his enemy right left and center to fight and he was fighting any everybody but somehow he left the amalekites out so god samuel tells him this is the clear instruction from god go and destroy everything and i'm telling you obviously it was a test from god because samuel already prophesied that the kingship was going to be taken away from him verse 4 so saul mobilized his army at uh, telaim uh, there were two hundred thousand soldiers from israel and ten thousand men from judah so you notice that his army has shrinked in size then saul and his army went to went to a town of the Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. And it's strange, you know, when he keeps saying, and his army, as if the army belonged to him. <laughs> For me, I somehow just sounds funny. Verse 6 says, Saul sent this warning to the Kenites, move away from where the Amalekites live or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Avila all the way to shore east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves and the lambs, everything. In fact, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless, 
of poor quality okay so not just of animals obviously they would have carried off gold and um sadly they didn't learn from from the scene of Achan because it seemed he read he read um the book of instruction Moses left behind right that is the only reason why he would have known that the Kenites you know uh, uh, helped the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt but somehow he missed the account of Ken- of Achan if not he would have known the implication of this verse 10 says then the Lord said to Samuel I am sorry that I ever made Saul king <laughs> I pray oh, I pray for you this morning as we read those that one place that God will never be, be sorry over you. In Jesus' name. Since I, since I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Yes, the right word for is for it is refused. Because Saul literally has refused to every turn, right, left, and center. God gives him one command. He does whatever he likes. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this, uh, this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Verse 12. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Camel to set up a monument to himself. <laughs> then he went on to Gilgal. Can you imagine this guy? Wow. So... He has defeated the Amalekites. The next thing to do is not to come into the house of God to give God thanks for the victory, but to go and build a statue for yourself. <laughs> Pride goes before destruction and a haughty heart before a fall. Verse 13 says, When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. And I'm telling you, this was one of the most, I think, in my opinion, was one of the most terrible side you know to Saul was it that he didn't know what he was doing or was it all just pretense in my opinion what do you think I think it was just all pretense he knew what he had done he knew what the instruction was he knew that when he came back from winning the battle he did not go back to Samuel to go and give an account of what God told him to do you know he did not go and worship God and thank him for the victory instead he had gone to build okay this statue for himself and after doing that he had gone back to his to his home so when Samuel came just like the last time when he offered the bond offering where he should have been on his knees immediately you know asking God for mercy the Bible says that he greeted him cheerfully may the Lord bless you he said <laughs> I have carried out the Lord's command hmm verse 14 then what is all the bleating of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear Samuel demanded it's true it's true that the army spared the best of the sheep goats and cattle Saul admitted but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God we have <laughs> destroyed this guy is a clown <laughs> we have destroyed every ev- we have destroyed everything else don't worry i'm just speaking out exactly what's in my mind if i was reading on my own <laughs> then Samuel said to Saul stop Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. And Samuel told him, Although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of tribes of, of Israel? 
the Lord has anointed you king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you wish, Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed every, everything else. Ogar Saul, just listen to yourself. You are saying you did everything right, but you didn't do everything right. Does not make sense, right? You said you carried out all of this instruction, you brought, but you brought back the king. The king. You were supposed to kill everybody. You brought back all the sheep. Say, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troop brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Now it is the Lord your God, the God of Samuel, not the Lord our God. I'm telling you, just look for the little, little slight um thing in words of in source words and you will know that <clears throat> he missed it a long time ago but Samuel replied what is more pleasing to the lord your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice listen obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams uh this for me is one of the strongest verses in the bible obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams child of god listen obedience to god is better than sacrifice obedience to god doing what the word says is better than sacrifice your sacrifices are important god sees them but obedience to him is more important Submission to him is by far more important than anything you can ever offer. Understand something today. Everything you have to offer, God gave you in the first place. That's why they are not important. But your submission to him, your obedience to him, it's, it's such a huge, uh, okay, a huge blessing offering in the sight of God. Verse 23, Samuel says, Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. Wow. Samuel was literally comparing Saul to an idol worshipper. Comparing his rebellion to witchcraft. Saul, Saul, you manipulate people. You are a witch. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul admitted to Saul, to Samuel. Now he is admitting, Yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your in instruction and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's command, he has rejected you as king of Israel. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold back, hold him back, and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today, and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you, and he who is and he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should change his mind. Yeah, <laughs> lining up with that verse, God is not the man that he should lie, 
not the son of man that you will repent okay god does not lie so saul pleaded again i know i have sinned but please at least honor me before the elders of my people can you imagine the focus of this young of this it's not even a young man at this time can you imagine the focus of this guy okay he was more concerned about what people were going to say that samuel was living without him was already a sign that god had rejected him so he was more interested in that he said at least honor me before the elders of my people and before israel by coming back with me so that i may worship the lord your god so samuel finally agreed and went back with him and saul worshipped the lord even though god had rejected him then samuel said bring king agag to me Agag arrived full of hope, for he thought, surely the worst is over, and I have been spared. But Samuel said, As your sword has killed the sons of many mothers, now your mother will be childless. And Samuel cut Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel went home to Ramah, and Saul returned to his house at Gibeah of Saul. Samuel never went to meet with Saul again, but he mourned constantly for him, and the Lord was sorry. He had ever made Saul king of Israel. So when the Bible says the Lord was sorry, it doesn't mean the Bible, God did not know that this was what Saul was always going to do. But like I told us at one time, okay, God in his divine providence, we allow people live through and make their decisions, okay? That is why he is God. All right, so let's read chapter 16 and read the accounts of um, the anointing of David as king. Now the Lord said, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. Remember, okay? So it doesn't mean because God rejected Saul, then he was removed from the throne immediately. Saul was king for some 40-something years. David waited was anointed king at 17 he didn't become king until until he was until he was until he was 30 okay so and that was quite a long time okay after that you know that Saul was removed from being king so you really need to um, realize how God works yes so even though God says I have rejected him as king wasn't that God just removed him immediately he said I have rejected him as king of Israel so fill your flags with olive oil and go to Bethlehem find a man named Jesse who lives there for I have selected one of his son to be my king I hope you've not forgotten Jesse yes Jesse is the son of Obed hmm? Obed the son of Boaz who was who was who married Ruth okay so <laughs> that's the link between this book and the book of the book of Ruth. Okay, so find me uh find me the man named Jesse Willis, therefore I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asks, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill he will kill me. So at this time Saul had become paranoid. Samuel already told him God has elected someone else to be king over you. So if he saw Samuel anywhere, going to anoint anybody as king, he will take him out straight. Take an ifa, take a ifa with you, 
the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his son, sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town were trembling to meet him. What's wrong? They asked. Do you, do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. So, in the choosing of David, I'm telling you, there are going to be big lessons for anybody to learn. So, Samuel, remember, I haven't worked with God for so long. And I haven't made the mistake from going to choose Saul. I am. I would have thought, um, would have learned his lessons. So he comes before Jesse's family. Jesse brings his firstborn. Uh, the guy's name is Eliab, and uh, there's a reason why uh, Samuel says, "Surely this is the Lord's anointed." Why? Verse seven says, "But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him." <laughs> the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Uh, people judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So if you look at this guy on the outward, he was tall. He was probably handsome like Saul. You know, and Samuel was about to make the same mistake. Anyway, it wasn't Samuel's mistake anyway. God chose Saul. Okay, but just the same way when he saw Saul, I'm sure, admired him. Wow, handsome guy, tall. Ah, this guy will command respect with the people. God says, mm, me, I judge the heart. I do not see the way people see. Listen, no, God does not see the way people see. Uh, God sees the heart. And he tries the rain, the way the KJV puts it. And what he sees there, he judges. Let's, the next verse is, Then Jesse told his, told his son Abinadab, Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimei. But Samuel said, and Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were present, presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of this. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? Obviously, he's surprised because God told him, You are going to anoint one of his sons. Ah, there is still the youngest, uh, Jesse replied. But he is out in the field watching, watching uh, the sheep and goat sent for him at once samuel said we will not sit down to eat until he arrives and i'm telling you the story of of david is quite a remarkable one um i'm telling you just think about it if um if maybe uh, a prophet tells you he was coming to your house and he was coming to anoint one of your children as as um, for whatever reason, was coming to anoint one of your children. He didn't tell you he was going to anoint them as king. Would you have left at least one of them out? Would you? I wouldn't have. But there's a reason why David was not brought forward. David was not liked among among his his brothers. Apart from the fact that he was the youngest, there are studies that say that he was okay from another mother from the first seven okay so 
they just treated him you know very very unfairly because you would think that the last and the youngest would have been the most like right you know but um no not with david so Jesse says, yeah, there's still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the field washing the sheep and, and goat. Send for him at once, Samuel said. He would, we will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Verse 12, so Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flax of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. So maybe you will understand where that psalm of David is from, that the Lord anointed his his head in the midst of his enemies okay it's from it's from this scene that david was literally speaking that psalm from albeit inspired by the spirit of god verse 14 now the spirit of the lord had left saul and the lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear okay so there are those who have asked me are you telling me god sent a a tormenting spirit Okay, so I would just have to take the Bible at its word. But obviously, Saul knew that God had left him. Saul also knew that, I'm sure, over time he would he knows now that God does not even try to talk to him at all. And so he knew that the Spirit of God had left him. Remember, the Spirit entered him and gave him a new heart. He knew something had changed. And with that came depression. With that came fear. He was afraid. Who is going to take my throne? He's turning right, left, and center, doing terrible things, killing anyone. He, he perceives, you know, to want to take his crown. What I'm telling you, quite terrible. So, verse 15 says, Some of Saul's servants said to him, A tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you. He will play certain music and you will soon be well well again. All right, Saul said, Find me someone who plays well and bring him here. One of the servants said to Saul, One of Jesse's son from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. Now, I don't know whether this servant is speaking like this about David because he knows the shining object of what Saul likes, okay? Usually, he likes the finest, the looking men, the warriors, the brave warriors. That's what he likes. But I'm telling you, uh, David was not a warrior at this time. So maybe people would have heard about his exploit in the bush, taking care of the sheep, you know, he was not seen by other people. Maybe the story would have gone round that he killed the lion, he killed the bear. Okay, so maybe that's, those are some of the stories that this servant had had in saying that he was, you know, he was a brave warrior. But I'm telling you, okay, are the skills that you own in, in the secret place, I'm telling you, oftentimes become the building blocks for you to make it in the future. Okay, so whatever skill it is you are owning now, I work on them. All right, let's try and finish this one. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, send me your son, David the shepherd okay you see now is the shepherd so why does the servant polish david up with words eventually obviously so 
They knew that he was a shepherd. He was taking care of sheep in the bush. Jesse responded by sending David to Saul along with a young goat, a donkey loaded with bread and a wineskin full of wine. So David went to Saul and began serving him. Saul loved David very much and David became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent word, word to Jesse asking, please let David remain in my service for I am very pleased with him. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Then Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. <sighs> wow. So can you imagine how the story turns out? So God puts in, in Saul's you know, palace the problem that will lift David to the throne. Okay, God puts in Saul's palace uh, the problem that only David could solve. And you see, David was, wasn't asking for prominence. David, David was not even fighting to be known. No, he was right there in the bush doing his own thing. If you read a lot of the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms, the Psalms of David were written, yes, when he was that young. Okay, he was already anointed and filled with the, with the Spirit of God, at least at that level, until Saul then came and anointed him as king. What am I trying to say today? You see, God, there's a problem that God has anointed you for. And you don't need to fight okay you don't need to scheme like some people try to do they think they need to scheme their way their way to the top um when you do that you are not you know uh, putting the place of grace and god into what you are trying to achieve so today i want us to pray lord what have you called me to do open my eyes to them and as you open my eyes lord uh, Connect me uh, with the problem I am supposed to solve. Will you open your mouth and pray this morning? In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, what is the problem that you have called me to? Help me to begin to own my skills even right now. And as I do that, Lord, connect me uh, with the problem I am supposed to solve. Wherever it is, whatever continent it is, wherever people it is with right now, Father, connect me with them. In the mighty name of Jesus, will someone pray this morning? In the name of Jesus, I will not strive by my own strength. Ah, the strength of man, the Bible says, is nothing. The Bible says, woe to those who trust in horses and chariots. Lord, I will not scheme. I will trust in you. So I pray this morning, Lord, connect me with the problem that will bring me before kings. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. I pray for your people as we go today. Lord, you will cause them to shine in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare that the gifts in their lives will cause them to stand before kings in the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.